Check, check it out. My mic was all the way starting there. right on time. T.Y. Hilton, top five quarterback. Top five, top five quarterback. Top five Bruh, I'm like, you, damn, that's a you, hot take. Did you see that? What? <laughs> on the page, man, somebody is like literally like fighting for T.Y. Hilton being a top five or six. Probably T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> what up, everybody? It is the Aired Out Podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes. Kevin Crockett, Avery Collins, Christopher Thomas. Check us out, InsideTheHashes.com. Find us on all your social media. Gentlemen, it seems like not that long ago, if you remember, seven weeks as a matter of fact, because I'm good at math, uh, we were talking about how we had just eclipsed 100 days. We were down to 99 days seven weeks ago during our podcast, and now we are 50 days away yes. from kickoff, Falcons and Eagles. Uh, Ravens have already reported camp. So there's already – so training camp – has officially begun. I don't know if they're actually doing any sort of team activities, but I know veterans had to report today. So very Lamar exciting Jackson stuff. Lamar Jackson is buying his time. <laughs> What's that? Lamar Jackson is just buying his time. Yeah, well, Joe Flacco has got to start hitting some receivers, and he could be the Lamar Jackson show before you know it. I'll tell you what, before we even get started, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, I think one of the greatest things that the Philadelphia Eagles might have done in the NFL draft was trade out of that first-round pick because if the Giants got Lamar Jackson and Saquon Barkley as their two picks – in the draft, you want to talk about having yourself a nice little future. Mm-hmm. Eagles might have saved themselves some face in the division. But uh, now they're already just thinking about the Atlanta Falcons 50 days away from kickoff. One dude that might not be around for kickoff is Le'Veon Bell. As he seems to keep finding himself in these situations where training camp comes around and he says, I'll just chill out here. So reportedly turned down a five-year, $70 million deal from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Says he doesn't want to be paid as a running back. He wants to be paid as a do-everything kind of player. Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Le'Veon Bill, you put five years, $70 million on the table. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, do you think that was a fair offer? Or do you think Le'Veon's making the right decision here? I see both sides. It was more, it was, was a fair offer for obviously the best running back in all of football. And for Le'Veon Bell, running backs have a short shelf life. And I completely understand Le'Veon Bell's value to the Pittsburgh Steelers because he's not just a running back. He's also, at times, their number two wide receiver as well. When you look at the overall production over the last several years, I think he has a justifiable case. Even Todd Gurley has spoken out saying that what is going on with the contract situation that's going between the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell is completely unfair. And more importantly, when you look at the Steelers roster right now, they're they're a Super Bowl contender, but they're just a playoff contender without Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is an absolute game changer, especially to me, the best running back in football. He changed the entire dynamic of that offense. As a receiver, his ability to you know run the football and just be a threat to either the Patriots or the Jaguars for the AFC. So for me, you know, his agent saying that, you know, he's not gonna play after or it's a possibility he won't play for the Steelers after this year. I can understand why, right? So they were offering, you said five. Five years, 70 million. Five years, 70 million, which is what, 14 mil a year. And the franchise tag this year for him, if he plays, is 14 and a half. Yeah. So I think the big thing for Le'Veon was it's not that, it's not necessarily the yearly amount, it's the guaranteed amount. It's like he doesn't want to have a situation where it's, Oh, you only get these these dollars if you know you're on the field, if you're healthy, if you're such and such. He wants you know that that Kirk Cousins deal, like um, like Shannon Sharp said, he said it best. He's like that's the, that's what he wants. He wants guaranteed money. He wants to be, you know, uh, he wants his, his his future to be secure. He doesn't want to have to deal with a situation where it's just like okay, I'm getting 
bonuses if I hit this mark and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Like, no, he wants to to feel appreciated. Like what he's done, as Chris said, over the last several years has been rivaled by none at that position. Like nobody has put up the production that he has from uh, uh, rushing yardage and receiving yardage. Like nobody has done what he's done. Um, so I, I agree with Le'Veon's stance on on this. He and like you said before, he wants to shift the market of what running backs get paid. He doesn't want to constantly work. They're football players, and they take a lot of hits, a lot of hits. Like and that's why, like Chris said, they're, the shelf life for a running back is short, and it's because of the punishment that they take. So it's kind of like, yeah, you want to you want to cash in, but I understand the business aspect as well. You can't mortgage your future. So let me ask you something then. Just a yes or no from both of you. Is five years, 70 million, a good number if there's more guaranteed? Yes. Yes. And okay, so I'll ask you both. Avery, I'll start with you. What's the guaranteed money? I think the number I saw was he was guaranteed only 10 if he took that deal. Oh, so what's the guaranteed geez. money in that 70 million that you think is the number that, that should be good for him? I think in the 70 mil deal, I think anywhere between 30 and 35 guaranteed. Chris? I think I have to agree with Avery. Something between 30 or at least half of that needs to be guaranteed. Right. So I'm going to give you guys some numbers, and I'm going to see if this changes your mind at all. And, and then I'm going to give you – well, I'll go to the numbers first. First of all, by the way, I forgot to mention Tyler Brando producing the show. Yes, sir. Uh, with us this afternoon and being very patient with us today, Tyler. So thank you for that. Uh, so by comparables, he says he doesn't want to get paid as a running back. He wants to get paid as a, an athlete in a sense. Uh, the next highest running back paid is actually Jarek McKinnon making over $10 million in San Francisco. Right, at the running back position. I see you making that face. So just, just to give you some perspective. So if you're Le'Veon Bell right there, you're saying the face that you're making right now, Chris, is, is him back at home being like, word? Um, Ezekiel Elliott's at, uh, along the top of that list. Michelle McCoy's at the top of that list as well. Wide receiver comparables. Antonio Brown, his teammate. So you see that guy doing work on an offense that's very productive. 17 mil a year. Uh, Jarvis Landry just got a new contract, $15 million a year. Brandon Cooks just re-signed yesterday, five years, $80 million. That's $16 million a year. Sammy Watkins, who, in my opinion, see, see now I see the face you're making there, Avery. He got $16 million a year to go to Kansas City. So if you're Le'Veon Bell, so we'll put it right there. Is Antonio Brown the number that he's looking for? If it's not the guaranteed money, is he saying, okay, give me that Antonio Brown deer. Give me, give me five years at $17 five years, $85 million in essence. Does that change your... Absolutely not. The reason being is he does more. Like like Chris said, he at times is the second leading receiver on the team. So you could literally, like if he decided I don't want to play running back anymore and I, want, I just want to strictly play receiver, he could be effective that way. But he's also effective out of the backfield. And not just effective, I mean top of the league effective. Like one of the best, if not the best. I believe he is the best. So for me, it's like he does so much more than just going out and catching the ball and getting receiving yards. He rushes the ball. He blocks. He, he goes out and catches the ball. He, he does everything. Screen game. Everything. So we're talking about the shelf life of a running back. Chris, what did you say the guaranteed money was that you think would be fair for him? So you're good with five years, 70 million. Yeah, What's between the 30 number? to 35. 30 to 35 million. Do either of you have any idea how many times Le'Veon Bell has touched the ball in the last two seasons? We're talking about shelf life of a running back. If you had to guess, just give me, give me a ballpark figure. If you had to guess the amount of times he's touched the ball in the last two seasons. My guess... <laughs> Touched the ball. So rushing, I'm going to say 650. Receiving, I'll say 180. 
I think altogether it's over at least over 700 touches. It's over 700 touches Sheesh. in the last two seasons. So we're talking about running back shelf life. So, again, I'm going to come back to if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, knowing what we know, and granted, he is a game changer, arguably the game changer in the NFL, but you're talking about a guy who's out of position that has a shelf life. 700 touches. 700 touches. Um, Antonio Brown's on how many seasons of 100 catches? Mm-hmm. On 100 catches. And that's looked at as illustrious, and he's touched the ball 700 times in two seasons. Does that affect how – I mean, if you're somebody who's upset with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I get it, especially if you're a Steelers fan, you obviously want to see Le'Veon Bell wearing your uniform. But reality is, Chris, I'll come back to you on that. Knowing that he's touched the ball 700 times in the last two seasons, you're talking about guaranteeing this guy basically half of his contract. Do you think that's realistic if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think it still is real, realistic. Like, like you said, he is by far the best running back of football. And I think a lot of those touches, I think it's a lot of bad on Pittsburgh's management because they haven't gotten a good number two running back in order for him to lessen that burden between 100 and 150 touches like a lot of other teams do with the running back committee style. Le'Veon Bell, he, he blocks, he catches, he runs. He does everything that you need to do in the football field to win. He's made he's helped make Pittsburgh a perennial playoff contender and a perennial Super Bowl contender every single year. For me, it doesn't. My thing is this: first, the first question is how old is Le'Veon Bell? He was drafted in 2013, so 26, 27, okay, somewhere so in that range. He's still a young young running back, and, and is that a young running back though? What they consider they consider 30 as the fall off age. So I guess technically you can consider him still young because he still has got, uh, according to the that, that football rule, he still has got between four to five years left, right? 26 going on 27, right. by the way. Now, here's the, the thing about it. Look at his body of work. He doesn't slow down. Like, I remember when he was holding out before in a previous year, and they were like, oh, he didn't come to training camp. Is he going to be prepared? In the first game he gets onto the field, like, or or or, or might have been the year that he had the, the 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 suspension for the first couple games of the year. And then the first game of the year they give him the ball thirty times out the backfield, and he didn't slow down. Like it, he doesn't stop. He he keeps himself physically fit. He's very very smart in the way that he runs. Like he doesn't he doesn't take unnecessary hits. He runs behind his line. He's very patient when he runs the football. So he preserves himself as well. As produces. A lot of times we see, uh, especially, again, at that position, running backs tend to overthink, oh, I got to be more physical. Oh, I got to go lay the wood at the end. He's like, no, I'll get out of bounds and I'll, I'll score the next play. I got another play. I got another play. I can do this. Like, I don't have to run you over. I don't have to. No, I'll just run out of bounds. I don't have to show you that I'm, I'm Le'Veon Bell. You know who I am. Like, so I think I think that plays a part in it is, is, is the fact that I think he's one of those running backs that can be a, another – a better Frank Gore in the sense where he's playing into his later years of his career, essentially, but it still play very well. It's hard to think about the way that the running back position has evolved. Maybe that's the new niche thing. The NFL is always changing. Everybody's obviously turned this into a passing league. Maybe now it is something where they get back to a running game, but you're sounding very confident that he is on a trek that isn't going to be slowing down anytime soon, but five years for the running back position. And you're talking about big time guaranteed money just isn't the direction the NFL goes. So they took, they took James mm-hmm. Connor last year, a, a relatively high pick, a guy who's, uh, you know, has battled cancer. Right, right. But, but has, I don't want to say an injury history, but obviously has dealt with some health issues of his own. But when he got in there was certainly mm-hmm. a serviceable NFL running back. And for the amount that you would be paying out of position, that's not really the sexy position on the NFL. I mean, let, let's honestly talk about it. There's quarterbacks, there's, 
uh, edge rusher, edge rushers, corner, tackle, corner. Right there, you're already, you've already named a handful of positions that you're already thinking about before you're even thinking about the running back position. Safety. So safety, exactly. Now, so and, and and I agree with that. And uh, just want a shout out to to Ryan Roberts, who's on the uh, RPO uh, podcast. Rod Row. Uh, <laughs> so he stated um, in a debate that we had on our football uh, uh, page on Facebook. He stated, you know, never overpay for a running back. And I understand the sen- sentiment there. And he, he's like, he's adamant about that. The issue that I have is, again, back to Chris's point, and I get Connor is a good bet, but what the fall off from Le'Veon Bell to Connor is so drastic that you got a situation where Ben wasn't even sure if he was going to play last year. You got a situation where, you know, the offensive line isn't the best. It's good. It's not the best, Right. And then you got, like I said, a major fall off from Le'Veon Bell to the next back up. What do you do if he's not there? Yeah, but isn't that the point, though? Because if you're injecting all this money into Le'Veon Bell at a position that isn't – you and I just said it. We, we just had the conversation that that's maybe the sixth or seventh mm-hmm. most important position – and probably even if we honestly sat here and debated it, probably even further down than that. So you're already talking to me about an offensive line that needs help. On top of the fact that they are in a conference, the NFC is stacked. The AFC is, in my opinion, pretty wide open right now. You've got you've got playmakers at wide receiver. Just is this a situation that you want to really invest your future in in a division in a conference that is so it. wide open? He makes up for it. Like he's he's one of, again to me he's one of those transcendent generation players. But also look at it from this perspective: they drafted Mason Rudolph this year. Ben is contemplating every single year whether he's coming back or not. So let's just entertain the offer that Ben is retiring that year. You have a you basically have a rookie quarterback, Mason Rudolph, and you don't want to pay Le'Veon Bell, so you're going to have another you're going to have Connor Young. as a running back. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's going to be a massive learning curve there. Having Le'Veon Bell in there for Mason Rudolph alleviates a lot of pressure from what Mason Rudolph needs to do. Very good point. Okay, so what if we get through training camp this year and the Pittsburgh Steelers think, man, Mason Rudolph's not really the guy. Big Ben retires, then all of a sudden Nick Foles is out in free agency next year. Wouldn't you think that if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you'd rather have money allocated to pay a guy that you can come in and play the quarterback position versus having money wrapped up in the running back position? I don't think Nick Foles is going to make 70 mil. In. You don't think Nick Foles – how much do you think starting quarterbacks making the NFL nowadays? Kirk Cousins just got $84 million guaranteed for three seasons. And you and I could have the argument that Nick Foles and Kirk Cousins really aren't too far off from one another. If you're looking at Nick Foles as a bridge quarterback, then you wouldn't pay him $70 mil. Like, if you're looking at him as a franchise, then yeah. But I think maybe as a bridge quarterback, you might be able to get away with you know, like ten mil a year or something Between like that. Between 10 to like, 12 with like incentives. Yeah, you, might, you might be able to get away with that, and you, you'd be okay with that. Yeah, until, but, until Le'Veon plays out his contract or plays out the guaranteed portion of his contract, because that's the other thing. It's just so, like so. Wait, 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 wait. A bridge quarterback. Go ahead. So, so what does a bridge quarterback make per into, year? What does a bridge quarterback make? I'm going to say in today's NFL, about 16 mil. Would you define whatever Case Keenum, Keenum makes? Okay, perfect. Case Keenum's got two years, 36 million, and that's not even hitting. That's hitting free agency with a ton of people looking at quarterbacks and can pay anything that they want. So, if Nick Foles, who is the MVP of the Super Bowl, hits free agency, and you've got the decision to make between the running back position or a dude who's won the biggest game on the biggest stage, arguably against the greatest quarterback of all time. Don't you think the Pittsburgh Steelers are making a whole lot of sense for themselves to not be guaranteeing money at a position that isn't the top position? I mean, I get like I said, like I said, I understand I, listen, the business aspect. Of it. Okay, let me give it to you I like this too, because that. I would again, I don't want to take anything away from Le'Veon Bell because you're stupid if you are an NFL head coach or owner or general manager and think that you don't want this guy on your team. So because you guys are definitely more in Le'Veon's camp here, I'm going to ask you this. 
What is the asking price for Le'Veon Bell? If you're a general manager right now, what are you willing to pay? So I'm, I'm giving that contract we're talking right now. You both have signed that contract. We'll say mm -hmm. five years, 70 million, 30 million guaranteed for Le'Veon Bell. Chris, I'm going to start with you. If you're calling the Pittsburgh Steelers, then you think very highly of this guy. What is the asking price for Le'Veon Bell? Probably my next year's first because whoever I'm going to get in the first round is basically I'm drafting Le'Veon Bell. So and probably like a, like a third round pick with probably a first and a third. I would say a first and some type of me personally, uh, some type of defensive player, like a defensive back that you think you can groom only because I think still defensively. Like, I think that's the biggest glaring issue for the Steelers, period. OK, so let so. me ask you this. then: you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. I call you up. I'm offering you next year's first next year's third and uh a guy that'll certainly make your roster but fringe starter you taking mm -hmm. that deal for Le'Veon bell for Le'Veon bell Ooh, geez that's that's difficult i'm gonna have to say it all right it depends on the team what do you mean it depends on the it's, team i'm asking because you said like so it, are we talking about you are the, the pittsburgh the, steelers you've got about, a guy hold on wait 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 you're telling me how talented <laughs> this dude is you're telling me how talented this dude is. I'm telling you that you're the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Mm -hmm. Dude's not coming in. He's sitting at home. He's going to wait out this contract, and he's going to walk. Okay. Unless you want to pay him the money that we're talking about. So I'm asking you. Okay, if so you I, didn't, are the, I didn't know that was the if that you are the That, that is okay. it. That, that's the I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I call you up, and I'm middle of the pack. I'm team that could use a running back. I'm the Seattle Seahawks. Team that could be that could win their division mm -hmm. or could be – Nothing in the Ooh. NFC West. And I call you up and I say, big dog, first to third and a player that you can plug into your lineup and I don't know where. Yes, because Earl Thomas doesn't want to be there. But you're sitting here telling me that this dude is a revolutionary player and now you're ready to get Again. rid of him. For the exact reasons uh, that I said. Because you have is, other listen, positions of which need. Is, you're which not going to pay the why, guy. Listen, which is why I said I understand the business aspect of it. I really do. I really completely understand it. My thing is the offer has to be good at, at, at least that good. Otherwise, if you know for a like, fact that Le'Veon Bell is not coming back next year to your camp and you know you're not going to shell out the money to him, then I think – trading him for the best offer that you could possibly get yeah. at this point is the middle ground solution for all and i could see a first round in earl thomas that that to me that's i don't a think good you get a first rank. round in earl thomas I, earl I thomas doesn't that. want to be there look I, it's anything, not about earl thomas isn't he a free you, agent? it's not about earl thomas. earl thomas gonna be a free agent next year it's not about earl thomas it's about you probably get a third in earl thomas it doesn't matter where earl thomas wants to go you could trade him to budapest if they had a team out there it doesn't matter <laughs> okay so let me ask you okay so good conversation if I'm Pete Carroll, and I call you up, and I say, hey, Earl Thomas for Le'Veon Bell. No. There's got to be some pick involved, like a mid-round pick or something. A mid-round pick. Okay, so, so now we're having negotiations. So Earl Thomas and a third-round pick for Le'Veon Bell. No. Earl Thomas and a third-round pick for Le'Veon Bell. Yes. This is exactly my point, because the safety position is more important. You're getting a pick back that could be something He's down too the road. Good. First round. You're not getting a first-round pick for Le'Veon Bell. You're nobody gonna, nobody uh, gets you're gonna, You might get a first-round pick and nothing else. I might let it slide with a second, but not a third. Granted, I, I understand. I understand. Like, right, a we're going to move on because we got these running backs talk. come out in the later rounds. And, I'm just but, saying hey, you're going to listen hey. back to this podcast and realize that I just talk circles around you guys about <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. But speaking of Le'Veon, uh, late, well, I shouldn't say late second-round pick, but a second-round pick. And uh, one of those guys that certainly, I'm sure, when the draft happened a few years ago and Le'Veon Bell's name came up, we didn't think we'd be talking about him like this, one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. You thought certainly the guy had a future, but 
you know, certainly not to, to this aspect. So uh, as we're getting ready to, to hit uh, training camp here, Tyler and I were actually texting each other back and forth because it's very easy to fall into the, and I'm sure we'll get to it at some point, the who's the MVP going to be, who's the rookie of the year going to be, and we'll get into those conversations, who's going to win, what division, who's going to do what. We were talking about trying to get kind of like next level with it. So shout out to Tyler over there. So I'm going to give you guys this one. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, obviously, as we mentioned, was a second-round pick who burst onto the scene. Who is a veteran that is on a roster, not a rookie, a veteran that's on a roster that is a guy that all of a sudden is going to be a big-time player that people are going to know his name before the end of the season? Chris, I'm going to start with you. That's kind of tough. I was thinking about this, but he kind of already was a big name before the whole you know suspension stuff happened, but I got to go with Josh Gordon. I'm when you look at Josh Gordon, like the season that he had with 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns, the guy looked like a top-five talent. The guy can take a top off the defense. He can just about run any single route, and he's incredibly strong. I think with him and Tyrod Taylor and that Hugh Jackson, he's able to get the best out of any quarterback that he's that he's coached, well, outside of like the last past two years, what the Browns had. But I think Josh Gordon is due for, due for a Pro Bowl year. He's in phenomenal shape when you see him at training camp. And I think he's due for a, a big year. I think it's it's actually between um, two people for me. I think it's David Johnson. Um, I think he comes back from the injury. And in- well, I want to know who your other one is because I think David Johnson. I mean, is a guy that I mean was a first round pick in mm-hmm. in most fantasy drafts. So I'm talking about somebody that like you may. Yeah. You, oh, oh you, you made that. <laughs> well, I can't say you made that mistake because who you know? There's a ton of people who took David. It's not like you took a reach on him in the first round. <laughs> thought he was going to break out and he broke his wrist. Well, but- yeah. Well, try taking David Johnson and trading for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah, you done messed up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> so, so David Johnson is a guy. I'm talking about somebody that's really – maybe you heard his name. Like, I think about a guy like Hunter Henry, who unfortunately is hurt and is going to miss the season. But obviously, Antonio Gates was the guy in the Chargers, San Diego and L.A. Chargers, for forever. And then Hunter Henry, especially towards the end of the season, really started to make a presence. Uh, wasn't a first-round pick, but was a guy that obviously came in and, and made his presence felt. And certainly was a guy that, if healthy – would have been somebody that people paid attention to uh, as the season was starting, your fantasy draft and stuff like that. So who is a guy that that may not be on your radar at all that you think is going to take that next step? For me, a guy that is probably on people's radars now and only because of a fourth down in the Super Bowl is Trey Burton. Trey was a quarterback at Florida, was a played a little fullback, was a tight end at Florida, came into the Eagles, was third on the depth chart, behind Zach Ertz, who you know you could argue was a top five tight end in the league, and Brent Selleck, who really was out on the field for blocking. But Trey goes into an offense in Chicago that's waiting for someone to be able to catch the football. You've got Cohen in the backfield. You've got Howard in the backfield. You've got to think Mitchell Trubisky takes a nice step forward this year. So Trey Burton, for me, is a guy that did a little bit of everything for the kind of a hybrid tight end slot receiver kind of guy that can get those mismatches and get open. And I think that maybe – Trey Burton, in the right set of circumstances, Mitchell Trubisky certainly can take that extra step forward. Trey Burton's a guy for me that I think could really pop up on people's radars. Mm. Okay. Um, in that case, I think maybe Quan Alexander. Okay. I think Quan Alexander has a breakout season, like a, a, a phenomenal I'm the, that linebacker season. Like, I think he takes a step. Like, I think his, his game just goes that far, like to the point where he's like, 
up there with you know the the names like Luke Keekley and the and, and everything like that. I think I think he gets himself into the upper echelon top three maybe even competing for that number one spot as far as linebacker. Do you think that's tough? So I guess when especially when it comes to breakout players, you, you know I mentioned a guy like Trey Burton because I, I think the Bears are a team that's put together a really nice roster in this offseason and mm-hmm. could be one of those surprise teams that pulls with the maybe not necessarily win the Super Bowl, but goes from seven and nine to a team mm. that's in playoff contention. Right now, the Buccaneers don't have their starting quarterback for the first three games, and they are in a division that I don't think there's too many people picking the Buccaneers to not end up in last in that division. Do you, do you think Quan Alexander doesn't become a household name because of that, though? Possibly, but I think because of the fact that actually, and I think that's the mindset behind it is the fact that they don't have the quarterback for the first couple of games. He's going; they're going to lean more so on their defense, and I think he's going to have the ability to shine in that. He's going to have the ability to to show everybody like I'm th- I'm that guy on this defense. I'm this good. I'm able to ca- not maybe yeah carry carry this team as far as like from a from a mindset point, getting everybody's mindset right. Getting everybody physical, running to the ball. I think, and like as, as far as when I watch the guy on film, he's one of the most athletic and um, instinctual linebackers in the game right now. So I, I personally think he's he's underrated as far as the public light. So I think he, yeah, he can do it. Yeah, I think he'd also do. I think you have a good point there. Not to mention the Buccaneers um, fixed a lot of like their defensive line. They got bring brought in Vita Vita. They traded for Jason Pierre-Paul. They also traded for Vinny Curry as well. They were second. To, they were second to last in pass rushing last year. So I think when improving that, it makes Quan Alexander a lot more better. So uh, just to wrap this whole thing up, we only got a couple minutes left in this podcast. Darrell Revis, Revis Island, has announced his retirement. We'll see if somebody goes calling midseason. But Darrell Revis hmm. made an announcement that he is retiring today. We have got two minutes to debate it. Where is Revis Island now? Is it Ramsey Island? Is it Rhodes Island? Who is the best cornerback? In the NFL, as Darrell Revis hangs him up. You go first, Mr. Corner. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll right. go calling him Mr. Corner we're going to have to call him that every show now. <laughs> that that works. Um, for me, the best corner in the league right now that, you know, now that Darrell is out of the league, I still have to go with Richard Sherman. Um, I do love Jalen Ramsey, and I think he's, he's like, it's like a 1A, 1B type situation, but Richard Sherman isn't as physically gifted as the rest of the guys, Patrick Peterson, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Like, he didn't run an extremely, you know, blow your socks off 40 times. He didn't have all the measurables. He was he was 6'2", but what, what separates him from me is his technique. It's sound every single play. Like, this guy's technique is, is superb. His read step, the way he jams, everything to me – and he does he does more with less. You know, it's interesting because the the old outage on a football field is he's playing defensive back because he can't catch, not a wide receiver. <laughs> Richard Sherman was a wide receiver mm-hmm. at Stanford. And yeah. Certainly has shown anytime a ball is up in the air that he's got a pretty good chance of coming down with it. For is sure. he the player that he used to be? Would, would I would I bet the farm on Richard Sherman being a Pro Bowl player uh, at this point in his career? I don't know that I would, but it is definitely very hard to argue that from a technique standpoint and from a mental standpoint, this dude. Knows the game up top. Uh, perhaps it is still Richard Sherman. Chris, what do you got? I gotta go with the. I gotta go with the young lion. I gotta go with Jalen Ramsey. I watched. Um, I watched a pretty good enough film on the matchups which he had with um, DeAndre Hopkins. And Hopkins is just also just a physical specimen, also. But when I see Jalen Ramsey's abiz- ability to just get physical at the line of scrimmage with every single corner he is, I think that's a rare 
that's a rare trait for a lot of corners because a lot of them play a lot more zone. They don't like to get in like wide receivers' faces. But Jalen Ramsey embraces the challenge of getting physical at the line of scrimmage with every single wide receiver he's faced. And he's got that Deion Sanders swagger, so he's my pick. Do you guys know who led the NFL in interceptions last year? Ooh. I don't actually. Darius Slay was it? Was Darius it? Was Slay. it Slay? Uh, that's what I thought. I thought, I thought it was Slay. I thought. I mean, and, and Slay again. I think Slay is in my top five. And the reason I say Richard is because, like I said, he does more with left. Like these guys are way more athletic, in my opinion, than Richard is. Like they're they're faster. A lot of them can jump higher. They're they're more agile. Different things like that. Like they have quicker feet. Richard is just technically sound and does it. He does. He puts up the numbers. He shuts down an entire side of the field. It doesn't. It doesn't matter which side you put him on. He shuts down that entire side. Doing that with less athletic, athletic ability than these these other guys. Like I remember, he did a, um, he he wrote an article on who who his top like top five corners in the league and. His number one was Patrick Peterson, you know, outside of himself. But he said because from a physical standpoint, he's like he's there's things he he does that you're not allowed to do at corner. Like he'll get beat on a play, and because he's so fast, he just makes up for it and then catches the ball over the receiver and does different things that you know athletically a normal you know corner wouldn't be able to do. And so when I hear that and hear and, and then I watch him play and he's still doing those things, he's still shutting down receivers the way these top athletic guys are doing it. I just I got I got to give him just a little more edge. It's kind of like I like I like him like Rondé Barber. Rondé Barber wasn't the you know most athletic guy, but he was he was a shut down corner. Like you you knew you had to come play when you played against Rondé. I don't know. Avery just pretty much just wrapped it. Pretty much just wrapped it up. Also. Another top ten corner you need to look out for coming back at the injury, Jimmy Smith. I like Jimmy. Yeah, I think him and Marlon Very Humphrey strong. are going to be a really good um, corner tandem. Could I've always liked those, Jimmy. Could be one of those players we were just talking about. Virginia though, Tech, one of those though, dudes you know. off the mat to come back. What'd you say? Virginia Tech. You know. Oh, Virginia. I thought you said Techmo. I was like Techmo. He ain't that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is going to wrap it up for us. As a matter of fact, uh, another aired out podcast in the book, brought to you by Inside the Hashes. Check us out insidethehashes.com. All of your social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We on MySpace? I don't know, but we might be. Go ahead and try to check us out there. See if you can find us. For Avery Collins, Christopher Thomas, Tyler Brando. I didn't forget you this time. It's Kevin Crockett wrapping it up for Air It Out Podcast. <laughs>